this podcast. My have bad words because my daddy says words like s and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Go on. Jumpin' Joe. And I am John. I like this new trend yes. that's happening where you're adding like an adjective <laughs> to like every every one of your... Joe be nimble, Joe be quick. Joe jumped over the candlestick. Nice. But, but if I do I'm something, is, back. if I do something and stops the showdown, we have a ten-minute bonus content. <laughs> it's because that's right. No, that was that was brilliant. <laughs> that was. But good. then I figured like we just went on too long. So make sure to go listen to the bonus content that Galan posts up, where we uh, do the intro in the Mario theme music, <laughs> and, we, and we end up coming up with a brilliant idea. Yes. And there's some stuff in the middle you can just ignore. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, guys, this week we continue with our series of uh, guests that we we spoke to at the Dallas Fan Expo. Now. This next guest is actually the first part of a two-parter. Yes. Uh, we're talking to a father and son team of writers that wrote a graphic novel named the, uh, called The Shepherd, and it's yes. pretty awesome. Uh, we're, first up, the father, uh, Andrea Molinari. He's a really interesting guy yeah. because he's a professor on, yeah. uh, what was it, uh, theology and New Testament history. Yeah, yes. New Testament history. Yeah. Which so he, he says it in our interview. Yeah, yeah which he's is very fascinating. And uh, I've been actually reading uh, The Shepherd and also his uh, his other novel that he mentions uh, that, that uh, Caliber Comics also published. And so uh, they're, they're both really fascinating. I recommend both of them. But anyways, it was really fun to talk to him. And then uh, next week you'll hear our interview with his uh, son, uh, Ro- Roberto. Yes. Um, and uh, that was really fun too. So uh, any anything people should know before we jump in here? I just think – um, so what's cool about this is it's an independent distributor and there are some big other big dogs out there. It's have DC and Marvel. You've got like dark horse, IDW image, image boom, image. but caliber is when you don't hear about. And it was really cool to highlight an independent, such an independent, uh, comic and the brains kind of behind the, op- uh, behind this one book. Yeah, it yeah. actually uh, there at their booth. I actually picked up several books from right. Caliber, and they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really I think cool. the, I think the yeah. most interesting thing is it was a story of um, basically the little guy who had no. I mean, th- these guys aren't comic book artists; they're comic yeah, they're book not writers, insiders. right? Yeah, they're and, not industry and, and insiders for sure. They had an idea, they shopped it, and it, it's basically one of those entrepreneurial things where it's like mm-hmm. they put in the effort. And then you know, and they, they're still putting in the effort. Yeah, and they, they talk about, about what about they have that, to yeah. go. So it's really cool. Give it a listen, and then be sure to check in next week um, when we feature the son, and he kind of talks about his relationship with the with his father and kind of his perspective of working on that. So yep. it's really really cool stuff. We'll be back in just a moment. are back with the Detox Podcast live at Dallas Fan Expo 2018, and our guest at this time is Andrea Molinari. Yes. 
He is the co-creator of the comic book The Shepherd with, remind me, uh, Caliber Comics. Correct. That's right. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. We've been talking to some people who do uh, kind of DC and Marvel comics, and so we wanted to definitely hit up the independent side of the industry. And I, I was walking along the artist alley yesterday, and I remember uh, your son Roberto just said, hey, do you like graphic novels? I just kind of looked around and was like, I, I would hope so. Because I'm here at Fan Expo. But yeah, he uh, started talking to me about uh, this, the comic The Shepherd. And then I got introduced to you, Andrea, who is actually your cosplaying as the lead character. So we'll get a ex- uh, picture of that. But it was really cool, your story about talking about how you and your son co-created this book. So first of all, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. And uh, we want to start you off with a little bit of a softball question we like to ask all of our dads here on the Detox Podcast. But uh, what do you think makes a good dad? Well, I, that's a big, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. The first thing that comes to mind, though, when you say that is I think a father needs to be able to tell his kids he's sorry. Because anybody who is a father knows that you have all these pressures in your life. You're trying to keep a relationship going with your wife. You're working and trying to make ends meet. And that seems to be getting harder and harder in our world today. And meanwhile, the kids, you know, listen at varying levels of... <laughs> You know, follow through and these things, you know, they tax you, they they test your patience. And even the best of us, we, you know, we lose it sometimes. We yell at the kids or we, you know, get angry and, you know, uh, we maybe say something or do something we regret. And I think that when those things happen, because I think that they will happen inevitably, we have to be able to go to our children and to our our, uh, spouse and to tell them, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Because I think that that is a great way, even in our being wrong, we're actually doing something right by taking ownership, owning our, our humanness, our, our failures, you know, and saying, hey, that was not right. I shouldn't have treated that, you that way. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. And teaching them what that reconciliation looks like. Absolutely. That, yeah, actually Absolutely. the responsibility of that looks like. But I think as an adult, we have the responsibility to take the first step and actually the second and third step in terms of uh, making that reconciliation happen. Very nice. So I want to really dig into the shepherd. Tell me, what was kind of your idea for the character and for the book? And also, what made you want to do this with your son? Okay. Uh, First of all, the shepherd is based on a nightmare that I had. Uh, I have never had anything. We've all had nightmares. I've had nightmares. I've never had one like this because I woke up and it was like branded into me. Like, you know, normally when you have a dream, it kind of is like sand through your fingers. You know, you remember it for a couple minutes and then it passes on, you know, and then it's gone forever. This one was not like that. I basically dreamed that my son, who was 16 at the time, uh, went to a party. He had told me he was going to go to a movie and went to a party instead. And somebody gave him methamphetamine and he died. And I've always been very close with my oldest son, uh, with my children in general, but certainly with my oldest son. And this was devastating. In my dream, I'm dreaming the funeral and the aftermath. And I'm just feeling myself just going down in this spiral of despair. And in the midst of that, in this nightmare, I began to hear him calling out to me from the other side that something had gone sideways and that he hadn't transitioned as people should in the afterlife. And in my desperation, I was like losing it, you know, and I just decided I'm going to take my own life and I'm going to go after him and I'm going to find him and I'm going to save him. 
And, uh, and that's what I did in my dream. And then the rest of the dream was the results of that. But it was like this, wow. the best way to describe it is imagine being strapped into a roller coaster that you don't want to ride, the worst kind of roller coaster. And you are going to be forced to ride this ride to the very end. And so I woke up with that story in my head and I'm shaking and my heart's beating and um, I jerked awake and my wife is like, you know, what, what happened? And I'm like, I don't think you really want to hear this. And she's like, well, now I do, you know, now I really do. And I, I told her and she's like, I hate you. Why would you tell me that? And I'm like, because you told me to. And it took me, uh, it literally took me a couple days before I could work up the, the nerve to talk to my son about it because I'm like, is this some kind of horrible premonition? I mean, what, you know, what's going to happen? And uh, when I finally did tell him two days later, he's like, dad, this is so cool. We've got to do something with this. And I'm like, no, it's not cool. You died of a drug overdose. That is like the definition of not cool. We're not, you know, no. You yeah, know. that is a father's worst primal fear. Oh, my He's God. So I, it was just like, it was horrible. And he was just determined. He's like, Dad, this story, we've got to do something with it. And then he's like, you know, we're going to do this as a book, Dad. We've got to do this as a graphic novel. This is what this is. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're just not. And he just basically nagged me, as kids will do. And um, eventually, it was uh, June of, of 2011, he was like, Dad, you've got a lull. He heard my, me talking to my wife about having kind of a lull in projects because I was a university professor at the time, and I'm doing administration and writing scholarly stuff. I'm like, I don't have time to be writing a graphic novel. I'm doing you know career stuff. And um, he heard that I had a bit of a lull, and he's like, Dad, this is the opportunity. This is it right here. you know. And I'm like, well, you leave me alone. And finally, I'm like, okay. If I sit down with you and we write this, will you get off my back? And he's like, you know, promises you don't intend to keep. He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> so we write this up and I'm thinking I'm done. Okay. It's over. And he's like, well, now we got to go get an artist. And I'm like, really? What? You know? <laughs> and so we ended You're up trapped on that roller coaster. Oh, ride I know it didn't end. It. <laughs> it just didn't end. So anyway, uh, we ended up looking on the internet, as you would expect, and we found this company called Scattered Comics Studios located out in Sacramento. Okay. And basically it's like a boutique shop where they have a stable of artists and a stable of colorists, and uh, you can pick out your creative team, and then they guide you. The, the guy who owns his name is Jason Doobie, and he actually helps you, kind of guides you, teaches you how to make a comic book, and you do it page by page, you know? And it was a great, as you can imagine, learning experience. And we did the book that you have right there, uh, the, the Shepherd, and um, we completed it. And um, and then I thought, you know, we're done with this. And my son was like, No, no, we got to get this published. And so then began the journey. You think that writing the book and getting it done with the art is the hard part, but no, you know, <laughs> try to find a publisher. We ended up sending it out to like forty different publishers. I'm not kidding. And we finally got uh, Caliber Comics, and uh, they I sent the initial chapter in, and two days later I got an email back from from the owner at the time, it was Gary Reed, and he said, um, do you have any more of this? And I said, yeah, I've got the rest of it. He said, can you send it? I sent it to him. Two days after that, he sent me a contract. That's and awesome. I'm like, you know, oh, you know, <laughs> it was like, yes, it's done. And then I find out, no, it's not done. <laughs> it's like, guess who's going to be the primary promoter of your book? It's like, that would be you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's like, 
this gradual unfolding of, you know, understanding what this involves. And now it's like my son and I travel and we go to the different conventions around the country. And I'm based actually in West Palm Beach, Florida. And my son, of course, was in Florida and has recently moved to the Dallas, Texas. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's like an Indian name, Wacha, Wacha, Waxahachie, Waxahachie. Uh, So he lives there now. And so I thought, well, let's give Dallas Fan Expo a try because it's in your backyard. So that's how we ended up here. I like it. So have you had back? So you talked about being a professor. Yes. Is that do you are you still a professor? Is that your still day to day job? I'm working in education, but I'm not actively teaching in my scholarly field. Okay. so what what is that field? You're going to love this. I'm a theologian. I specialize in New Testament early church history, which, believe it or not, is actually underlying the shepherd because I've always been fascinated by the Greco-Roman myths of traveling into the afterlife. Right. These are extremely common. In fact, the oldest piece of Western literature is the Gilgamesh epic, okay? Yep. And that deals with, you know, the Gilgamesh has this friend, Inkadu, who dies, and he goes after his friend into the afterlife to try to find him. And of course, that becomes extremely common. It's in the, these trips into the afterlife are in Egyptian and Canaanite and Greek and Roman. I mean, basically, wherever you go, you find right. these in the ancient world. Right. And so that is very much underlying these stories. I like that. So did you ever envision you would be writing a graphic novel? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I've always loved comics from the time I was a kid. Sure. Uh, but you know, it was always as a fan, you know, and, um, in fact, I actually stopped reading comics when I got into high school and, you know, it wasn't cool anymore. And then I went to college (laughs) and a buddy of mine in college, he's like, uh, do you like comics like Batman? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to read all that when I was a kid. He's like, try this. And he gave me the dark Knight returns, (laughs) Frank Miller. And then I, and then it was like, I was back. I was like, Oh my God, I had never. I mean, this was the Batman that I always suspected was the real Batman. Right. <laughs> you know, because I thought to myself, this guy, you know, I grew up with the uh, Batman who's talking to Commissioner Gordon and shaking the hands of police officers right. and stuff like that. And he's a vigilante. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's really how he would be received, you right. know. But that encounter with that kind of a story, that intensity level and writing to an adult audience, you know, that really kind of like, opened my eyes to what was possible. And that started, you know, that was very much part of that journey. So that's very cool. So what was it like working with your son on this? Amazing. I recommend it to everybody. Everybody should write a comic book with their child. You know, (laughs) Uh, no, it's just, you know, we've always been close, but doing something creative like that and sharing it together to co-write um, it's really just takes our relationship to another level. My wife has pointed out on numerous occasions, she said, you know, what started out as a nightmare has really become a blessing and a dream for you guys. It's really helped the entire family come together. Yep. Uh, because all the characters in the story, because it was about our family, they're all our family members. Right. You know, even the family dog <laughs> is in the story. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just, that's been a, a real gift. You know, really brought my son and I even closer together. Are you guys working on another now that you, now that the shepherd has been done? Are you guys working on another like a volume two of the shepherd? Oh yes, or, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, the volume two is uh, first volume is 120 pages. Second volume, second volume is 183. It's all done. Okay. We are in the process of lettering the books. We expect it'll publish in May or June okay. of this year. 
Uh, my son has actually told me for the third story arc, he's like, stand aside, dad, I've got this. So he is writing the third story arc and I'm just going to function as his editor. And uh, so he actually gave me, before we got to this very con, he actually gave me the digital version of his of his story. So I'll be working on that when I go back to Florida. That's very cool. So, Man, that's just crazy just thinking about like having this, having the dream or the nightmare yeah. and getting the volume. And now you've got like three full arcs. Oh, yeah. For this. Yeah. Do you. Is there a fourth arc? And it's probably. A yeah, little there premature. is actually we're I'm working on a, a separate. I have two separate stories I'm working on uh, on my own. Uh, one of them is called The Burning Maid, and it deals with Joan of Arc. Because, oh, awesome. see, the beauty of being in the afterlife is anybody who's ever lived and any culture that has ever existed is fair game. Because yeah, anybody who's dead, playground. you could meet in the afterlife. Right? Yeah. So think of a, who would you like to meet or who do you think? And see, we tell basically ghost stories. I'm very fascinated by ghost stories, but not the ghost stories that are like the, the cheap scare. I'm interested in in like one of the guys that I really like is Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. If you've ever seen The Devil's Backbone, I, mm-hmm. if you have not, I urge you to see that movie. It's in Spanish with subtitles. But um, it's basically about ghosts that inhabit an area for a reason. They're haunting this because something is unresolved. And there's a certain cyclical pattern that keeps locking them into this place because they can't get over or move past or resolve what has happened to them in that place. And so we are telling stories like that. And so basically any, and sadly, human history is full of potential ghost stories, you know. Um, And so any of those kinds of things that have happened throughout human history are potential ghost stories, potential things that we could visit in the afterlife and have people that need resolution. Uh, Speaking of having a hard time getting over something, when you sat down, you talked to us about the work that your your wife does with veterans. And I was wondering sure. if maybe you would go into that and how that in, has influenced the second story arc and what people can look Very forward to. Very much so. Yeah, my wife, Myrna, uh, actually works for the VA, and she does post-traumatic stress counseling, uh, military sexual trauma, and traumatic brain injury counseling. Uh, she also has started a foundation called Warrior Mission, colon, at ease, and they do free retreats for veterans outside of Tampa. I think it's in Odessa, Florida, and they everything is paid for. I mean, they fly them down there. They taxi them to the uh, place, the food, all of it. And um, anyway, I'm hearing about this post-traumatic stress every day, all day. Right. And, uh, and I started thinking, you know, this post-traumatic stress impacts veterans who come back. But I started thinking, well, what if a soldier fell in combat? would their soul experience uh, post-traumatic stress in the afterlife? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to be doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So that is uh, what that morphed into is our second story arc that will be out in May or June. Okay. And it's called The Path of Souls. And in it, we encounter basically a hospital in the afterlife for the souls of soldiers that are suffering from post-traumatic stress. And we meet soldiers from different time periods and different cultures in that place. Wow. And really so cool. our, we have four characters that we tell their stories, but we know that we meet others. But right. the four that we focus in on, one is a, uh, uh, a Marine who died in Fallujah 2004. Okay. One is a Confederate soldier who died in Fredericksburg, December 1862. Wow. We have a Frenchman who died outside of Jaffa, in, which is like Tel Aviv in right. uh, Israel. Uh, in 1799 with Napoleon. And then the fourth one is a Wendat Huron Indian who died fighting the Iroquois in what is now modern-day Ontario in 1648. That's crazy. That and is, so these oh, are the man. characters that we meet. 
and they are all coexisting together. Imagine, if you will, that you're, you see the afterlife through your own set of glasses. Right. And like, for example, there are four of us here as we're talking, right. and I am a Zulu warrior. And when I look at you, I see you as Zulu warriors, but you could be a Viking, you could be a samurai, you could be a British redcoat. Right. And I see you as what it fits my world, my reality, oh, sure, sure. and you see me likewise. But every so often you or I say something that doesn't make sense. And it's as if the water ripples a little bit oh. and you get a window into what the other one is seeing. And so that's what we depict. And how we do that in our second novel is each of those four characters has their own artist. So when oh. their story is being told, oh. that art style changes cool. with that character. So that is really cool. It's like, um, uh, I don't know if you watched the defenders on Netflix. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, but big like, fan. Yeah. Like when they first, when they're before all the characters have gotten together and you're checking in with each one, the camera work and the lighting yeah. when you're on daredevil or Jessica Jones fits that show. Sure. So you, you don't have to know which show you're looking at. You instantly are like, Oh, this is the daredevil section. So right. I like, I really like that idea. And I love that you guys are doing that for the four different warriors in volume two. That's very cool. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about additionally is how is it working for an independent distributor like Caliber Comics versus someone who might work for a DC or a Marvel? I mean, obviously, there's the logisticals of it being a bigger business versus smaller business. But what are the you know, you talked about you being your own promoter, that kind of stuff. What has it been like working for them? Is it more one-off contract stuff? Is it you guys have kind of a yearly contract? What does that look like? Uh, with Caliber, it's a five-year contract. Okay. And, um, you know, it's it's a small press. So it is a lot of, you know, uh, you're doing a lot of the work. They get you, like Caliber, for example, they get you into Amazon and Comixology and all the different digital yep. formats. Um, and they put you through Diamond so you can be ordered. You get, whenever you go through Diamond, which is, you know, the big distributor for the comic books in North America, they give you a code. Okay. And if you have that code, you can go to any comic book store in North America and order The Shepherd. And ours happens to be November, N-O-V-15, which is when it came out, November 15, uh, 1223. And that code together, N-O-V-15, 1223, is you go into a comic book store and you can actually order it, uh, you know, through them. And, of course, you can go on Amazon and buy a hard copy, you know, right. that way as well. But... Um, you don't have, you know, with a small press, you don't have an engine behind you. You don't have right. recognition. Like when you go into Artist Alley, the artists have a built-in advantage over writers because an artist can draw Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman or Captain America. And I've got, now they've got logos that everybody knows, right. even though they don't own those characters. Right. Okay. But with the Shepherd, it's like I have a logo and I have a character, but nobody knows it yet. You know, so it's like, DC and Marvel have decades on us. Yep. Plus, they've got machines like Time Warner and uh, Disney behind them that have literally billions, millions of dollars right. behind them to possibly push that product. Right. So, it, you know, trust me when I say you're not on equal footing at right. all. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you are, you know, you are. I always tell people it's hand to hand combat. It's one person at a time that we tell people about our book. Um, but you know what? what it leads to is a lot of personal engagement that I really enjoy. I like meeting people. I like talking to people about what we do our, about our passion. Right. And, uh, that's not a problem, you yeah. know, but it's, it's definitely, 
you got to be willing to do the slog in terms of, you know, it's, it's a lot of travel, you know, and, uh, when you get there, it's a lot of, you know, you're standing 10 hours a day at the cons and you're interacting with literally hundreds of people. And, you know, you don't have any voice. When I come back from a con, I face plant that I, I fight my way through the work week yeah. after that and then face plant on Friday night. And I'm pretty much down for the count for the following weekend. Right. That's crazy. Well, it's been great having you here. Is there any final lasting piece of advice you would give maybe parents in general or someone who's looking to break into the industry? Just some kind of last nuggets of wisdom. Well, two different categories, of course. Uh, Breaking into the industry, I think if you have an idea, just follow the dream. Just go ahead and do it. But you have to be prepared to sacrifice. Right. Because, you know, in any any endeavor in life, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. right? Right. You know? And maybe that's the piece of advice of being a parent, too, is to say, you know, that you have to say yes to one thing, which is commitment to those people you love. Right. And that means sometimes sublimating what you want to do, right. you know, and that's OK. There's actually be- great benefit to be had in, in the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, I really believe that is that when you give yourself over to somebody else, you give yourself up for somebody else that you love. I think you grow as a human being and that's right. only a good thing. I agree. Well, if people want to follow you, get a copy of The Shepherd or just follow the journey, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Well, certainly Facebook. Uh, yep. We're on Facebook, The Shepherd at Caliber Comics ENT. Okay. Uh, we're on Instagram as The Shepherd Comic. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, I mean, we're easy to find. You can Google The Shepherd okay. uh, Caliber Comics and you'll find us. Perfect. And of course, on the Caliber website calibercomics.com. Very nice. And uh, we always like to throw this in at the end. Would you be willing to come back on the show at some point? Absolutely. You have my card. Yes. Give me a call. Will do. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back after this. back here at the detox podcast so that was andrea molinari the first of two parts with the shepherd and i have to reiterate i know i talked about it in the interview but the coolest part to me about fan expo was getting to meet a bunch of these people that we didn't previously know in general and we'd set up some of these interviews ahead of time but with these two guys i had no intention of talking to them and would have never met them if i just hadn't walked past their booth happened to stand there for a second to check my phone and Roberto starts talking to me about graphic novels. And then he intrigues me. I swing back by again later. I hear that they're involved in this together as a father son. And I go, this sounds like really an interesting story and great content for the show. And it's, and, and I hear stories about this from other people that I talked to about the expo. I met this person who's an artist or I met this person who writes and, and it's like you find all these connections and it's just like, you realize that everybody's got a really cool story to tell. Yeah, it was really fun to – yeah, all of these guys were, like, really talented, creative people that were making things happen, which was which was very interesting, you know. Well, it's, like, one of the things I like most about Andrea is, like, he was very articulate, you know, and it's one of those things where I think we all strive to, to sound intelligent when we talk, you know, and, and not be, I don't know, like – schmarmy about it but it's like that dude could just he was interesting to talk to it's like like i would take one of his classes just to hear him he was just a good storyteller yeah and i'm also sure i misused uh like a dozen words around him and And he's like yeah yeah he's like yeah what'd you say (laughs) this this morlock yeah this morlock yeah (laughs) um (laughs) it's probably what he was thinking but but uh, i was gonna say so it's one of the things that i thought was really cool was 
all three days that we were there, he was dressed up as the character. He cosplayed yeah. as the character of uh, the sh- uh, the shepherd. And, and one of the cool things is, is sent him a friend request on Facebook. He accepted it, followed their page because I think the the idea is really cool. And they ended up sharing a bunch of the the cosplay of the you know people that they were into. I think they shared almost like fifty pictures. Yeah, taken you know of of, ch- of kids, parents, you know, uh, couples cosplaying. Yeah. And it was really cool to see them kind of highlight some of the the effort that goes into it. Because man, some of those costumes out there are, I mean, amazingly done. They you know mess with foam and everything, and e- even the people that hashtag that wear, mess with foam. I've seen that too. You know, even the people that wear like the bodysuits or whatever that they can buy online, it's still cool to see people dressed up as the characters that that they really care about and we talked about iron fist and marvel and everything one of the pictures they focused they, they featured was the uh <laughs> oh we get the to actual, talk about that in a second the actual iron fist uh the like with the yellow oh yeah yeah like the actual it. iron fist yeah. the costume which is, right. is really oh not, cool. not, not 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 a Aaron. guy cosplaying not, as danny Rand. that's what that's what joe Cunlin. and i were yeah. laugh, like we were oh, all yeah. laughing at, at the the convention because first of all you saw a lot of cosplay yep. of, of like Frank Castle. There were a lot of Jessica Jones right. there. Yeah. Um. And there were there was like uh the guy that actually played Daredevil. What's his name? Charlie, Charlie Cox, Cox was, there. was actually there as a guest. Which and it was pretty I, cool. I saw he went to a Rangers game with like uh one of the artists uh Matthew Rosenberg and Joe Caseta. The three of them went to like a Rangers game. I saw oh, on social media cool. and I was like. Oh, that sounds so awesome. That's amazing. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, as you walk through Al- Artist Alley there, it's it's funny because you saw sketches of a lot of those Marvel right. characters that, that have been turned into Netflix shows, uh, but we didn't see any Danny Rand <laughs> Well, to be fair, I saw one. I told you about this, right? So this, oh, that's this, true. This is that's the joke. true. This I is walked the by, story. So I'm walking by, yeah, story time. I walked by and somebody had done a really good lifelike sketch of Danny Rand from Iron Fist TV show and like the actor, like fro and all, Danny Rand, just the headshot. And <laughs> and you guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know our connection with Iron Fist. We loathe it, but we love to loathe it, and that's kind of an ongoing joke. I stood there. It was I think it was fifty bucks, is what I said. Yeah, it was fifty <laughs> bucks for the sketch because it was pretty big size. I stood there for ten minutes trying to decide if buying this for John was worth if 50 bucks was <laughs> was a worthy investment on the joke and and the fact that I had to stand there for 10 minutes was like I was real I was this close and just the I mean, internal struggle yeah I was like ooh but this would be so good and Amanda's listening is like why would you even do that but but I was like oh but the joke would be worth it and I told John and what was your response when my response was like Dude, you know if you had bought that for me, mm-hmm. there's no way I wouldn't have spent like hundreds of dollars <laughs> to get that professionally framed. <laughs> yeah. So the joke would have cost me so much money too. <laughs> like it would have been oh. hilarious. And then of course we would have had to have taken it to like an appearance that he went to yeah. and getting him to like gotten him to sign it and taking a picture of all of us like, like holding it and then like that oh, would have been more dude. Ma- This joke could just go on and hey, on. Yeah, in hey. which case if that happened I'd be like, "No, this guy's great." <laughs> Yeah. Like how nice of this I guy. Know. I mean, like he's yeah, but uh, you have to go and be oh. like, "Hey, Loris Tyrell, can you sign this uh, Danny Rand? Because you look a lot like him." <laughs> yeah. There's no way that you were that bad of an actor. <laughs> he's just like, "You were so good yeah, in good Game point. of Thrones, but you sucked." <laughs> in that. Like, I mean, th- th- whoever this actor is really sucked, but you look just like him. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I ruined that. But awesome. The joke. No, I, been, you know what? I feel like oh. we're about to jump back into an yeah, hour-long yeah. conversation nope. about yeah. Iron Fist. But we had to tell that story because that was oh, it was greatness. But I did been announced. I don't think it has. No, I don't think it's going to be. Oh, really? You don't think it's happening? I'm pretty sure it's not. But, you know, well, I digress. You can Google Anyways, that. Um, yep. 
future Andre believers. and Roberto, thank you guys for talking to us, and I just want to apologize. I'm probably butchering you guys' name constantly because I have a disability known as being a Texan. So, like, we can't even pronounce the name of our own podcast right. Detox instead yeah, of detox. Detox. Yeah. Detox. And people podcast. are like, "Oh, that's awesome! You guys de- like it's a detox podcast." We're like, "Yeah, we're like it's all about lemon water and paprika and yep. like whatever else. Yeah. Sweating it out, Just man. Sweat me, out it, the it, it's a seven day cleanse. Seven day cleanse. That's right. Where we talk about being a dead. That's right. <laughs> you listen, dad cleanse. You listen to us, and you're not going to want to have kids not, for seven it's, days. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not hippie cleanse. It's, it's data cleanse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anyway. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys. Guys, check out. The Shepherd, and you probably have already added this to the list, but perhaps we should just hashtag the Shepherd. I did, I did add it. Yeah, to the yeah. List. I figured, I've got some. I figured, I've got you're some the more man. Okay, okay. Let's, let's cool. hear the comedy before we go with the series. Yeah, before Wait we get to the series, but before we get to the hashtag game or the hashtag round, oh, it's time it's for time America's for, yes. favorite segment: the Danny Dad Rand joke. Hour. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the Danny Rand Dad Joke of the Week. I, I got one for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, go for it. You know, I have the fear of speed bumps. But I'm slowly getting over it. Ah. Uh, uh, nice, uh, nice. I've, I've got yeah. one for you guys. Yes. A backward poet writes in verse. In verse. Yeah. yeah. It's back, yeah. Back. I was looking for the reverse joke, but I'm. Yeah. I just need to reverse my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to yesterday. Yeah. Anyway, so now that we got that out of the way, and my Man, my I glorious moment was killed by John. Yeah. Um. That's okay. That that's just a one to my five hundred times that I've killed the momentum. So it's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Joe, hashtag game. This is a game where we go through a list of hashtags chosen by uh, lovely Joe here. Yes. And uh, we all choose the winner. Jump so, uh, Joe slash Vanna White. What's right? Well, I don't know. I, I shouldn't do, do, do that. What are our contenders? Right. Dude, wait. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Vanna White, have you guys ever watched those YouTube videos that are just uh, Will of Fortune fells? No, but no. now I want to. They are amazing. Go and watch them. I'll have to I tell will. Teresa about that because she loves Will of Fortune. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Dude, I think Vanna White's like, she's like 71 or? No, no. no she's in her no. 60s. She's in her 60s. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I'm barely certain she's in her 60s. I was 60s. like, if she's 71. No, she's not 71. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I'm going to look it up and I'll get back to you guys in just a moment. Are playing footsies? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. All right, so this week we've got <clears throat> hashtag this Morlock, hashtag mess with foam, and of course hashtag the shepherd. I got to go with the shepherd. Yeah. I did throw in uh, hashtag daddy cleanse. <laughs> That's a funny one, but I, I am know. also going to vote for yes. hashtag the shepherd. Uh, yes, I, I, think may because been, I may have been way off. Oh, she is. She's 61. Wow. Well, there you go. Wow. She's 10 years up. All right. Yes. Yeah, so but I, but I go on. Let's focus speed. on our hashtag the shepherd. Yes. Unanimously voted in, and that's an awesome book, and you guys should go check it out. You can buy yes. it from Caliber Comics or from Diamond. Uh, actually, Andrea gave the Diamond number to order at your local yes. shop if you yes. uh, want to go order that book, and fun which fact, I highly recommend. Yes, and fun fact, I didn't know what that was until he explained it. And now I know, because there's a lot of stuff that I've looked for before in comic shops and haven't found, and I didn't know that, I mean, it makes sense when he said it, that there's a universal, like, yeah. distributor yeah, code. So, yeah, basically, you can go and Diamond is like the comic book uh, distribu- distribution mafia, basically. Right, so they're the comic right. book Amazon. They yeah. Are, yeah, so you just give yeah. the code to whatever comic book shop, and I think he explains it, and they yeah. will order that book and have yeah. it for you to pick up. So that's a way to support your local yeah. comic store and your independent artists. Yeah, yeah and especially like the little guys too. And and they, you know, as they mentioned it, but just to reiterate, they mean they have multiple parts planned. That you know, they have some yeah. uh, preview panels of the second one now up on their on their Facebook page. And yep. it, just listening to them talk about all the different possibilities, man, like that's a really cool yeah idea. 
Also, thanks to those guys for uh, they actually signed a copy of the Shepherd for me uh, to yes. give to my brother, encouraging him to actually write, and it yep. was it was very cool. So yeah, um, just good guys all around. That yes. was really fun I agree. talking to them. And tune in next week for part two, where we actually talk to Roberto and get his perspective on how he encouraged his dad uh, to to jump in with with both feet there, and and also has contributed. Uh, to the series as it has progressed. That's right. Uh, it's also also really fun. So, uh, guys, if you want to contact us, Galant or guys and girls, because you know what we you yeah. know what's actually surprising to me, we have non dads that listen. This is true, and not yeah. even non. We had non parents like, that listen. Yeah, non dads, non parents, uh, women. We're women are included in those. Robots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're a non-binary po- a podcast. Wiener dogs right. or something right. like that. I Wiener dogs. Like Dachshunds were big in the dachshund but not, community, but not boxers for some no. reason. Yeah. Honestly, I've always felt they were jerks. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we're we're really big in the shits. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole segment's. Sure. A- so, <laughs> if you were to yeah go into Shih Tzu, um, it, this this segment gave me the Shih Tzu. <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us, you can go to detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media and email where you can email us at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, you'll have, uh, if, you, if we're not, if the social media is not listed on there, check for us under detox podcast. Email us and Joe will handle up uh, on the new, uh, getting up on the different social yep. medias. You'll find a link to our Patreon where for two bucks a month you can get access to all of our bonus content, including the comedy have- that we, uh, we put out today. Um, there's going to be a, a 20 minute segment talking to uh, past guest Alan about his experience going yep. to these expos. Um, you can listen to us on vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L now.com. Or the Vocal app. You can go on to iTunes, uh, Google Play, or listen to us on Spotify. So you can listen to us on the go. That's right. There is also some free stuff out at Patreon. So go yes, and make sure free, free you, you uh, listen to that as well. If you are bored at work or you're just bored fat dadding. Yeah. There you go. I mean, who gets bored fat dadding? That's right. And I mean, you, you don't you even have to have memory foam money. That's to, true. To, to you can go out and listen for free. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I do want to mention uh, we have – so uh, occasionally we do a segment called Things to Check Out. We didn't do that today, but I do want to just kind of throw a shout-out. Uh, there's a company called Think Fun. They do a lot of educational games for kids to teach them uh, either STEM or coding or different types of engineering, depending on what the game is. Uh, we are actually – they are sponsoring a giveaway – for us and the detox podcast if you like our facebook page by the end of may you could you will ent- you will be entered into a chance to win a copy of laser chess and it's a cool thing to check out i will tell you about it now it is a game for ages eight and up uh msrp is 39.99 uh it's called the beam uh, laser chess the beam directing strategy game it's a two-player strategy game that combines the spatial thinking skills of chess with the high-tech fun of laser beams Players alternate turns moving their mirrored pieces around the board, and at the end of each turn, players fire a real laser. Yeah, so what's cool about that? Yeah. It's it's called laser chess. That's uh, not hyperbole. Right. There are actually lasers in Actual this game. lasers. Which will be super fun for your kids. That's right. The beam bounces from mirror to mirror, and if it strikes a non-mirrored surface of any piece, it is immediately removed from play, and if you illuminate your opponent's king, you win. Laser Chess is a Mensa Select winner and earned a parent-tested, parent-approved top pick at Toy Fair 2018. So this copy, 
you know, we're they're sponsoring a giveaway. It is available on Amazon and neighborhood toy stores. But uh, but yeah, you can go check it out. Think Fun Laser Chess. It kind of teaches your kids the uh, the spatial awareness, engineering, and STEM, and they are a good company. So go check yeah, it out. Yeah, and to, to enter the contest, all you have to do is like our Facebook page, That's like right. Joe mentioned. So you can find us on Facebook at Detox Podcast, or you can go to detoxpodcast.com to find the link to our Facebook. Yes. And what that also means is that everyone who has already previously liked our Facebook uh, page is also entered into the contest yeah. yes. automatically. And That's we are right. getting close to 500 with likes, which That's will right. be a really cool milestone for us, so I look forward to doing that. Yeah. That so actually, as a, as a giveaway, what I may do on that is once we get to 500, we may do a giveaway for uh, Fan Expo exclusive Bob Ross uh, oh. Funko Pop. What? Ooh. That would be yeah. amazing. Oh. Yep, I, I, I bought it, and I realized that actually might be really cool to do a giveaway. Cool. It's, it's blank, and you can uh, you can paint it. So once we get to 500, whether that's in April, May, September, whenever, we will do a giveaway where you have a 1 in 500 chance <laughs> to win a free Bob Ross Funko Pop. That's a fan well, expo awesome. exclusive. An exclusive, you know. yeah. and it's pretty awesome. They, yeah, they, like Galan said, they were selling these at, at Fan Expo, and we all picked one up. And yep. uh, he's he's completely white, and the idea is you get to paint him. That's right. Which is so cool. You can paint him with happy little trees. Yep. And actually, I think all the all, yeah. the, all <laughs> yeah. the Bob Ross uh, episodes are either on Hulu, Netflix, or uh, uh, YouTube. It's, I know uh, that Hulu has like two collections. No, they're, 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 one of them has but, everything. Oh, they might and be And it's Hulu like watching those now as an adult who understands painting. It's like, that's really, really pretty cool. cool. They yeah. are really cool. And the fact yeah. that you can, like, going to Fan Expo, seeing these artists that we talked to do yeah. these commissions or these yeah. like quick sketches in like a short amount of time. Yep. It's amazing how guys like Bob Ross and these guys can just do art and, and make it look shorter. so damn yeah. easy. If you ever tried so. to follow along with Bob Ross, it is not easy. Yeah, I That's will right. tell you right now. So yeah, so that that was a little uh, little surprise that I didn't tell the other host about, but I look forward to doing that giveaway once we hit 500. There you so. go. That's cool. Uh, so guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Also, if you are a dad who deserves to have their story told, or you know of other dads that deserve to have their story told, make sure you hit us up at detoxpodcast.com. We would love to talk to you and be a part of spreading your story. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, so make sure to tune in next week for part two. And yes. also, I'm going to be complaining a lot at the end of next episode. Not about yes, the shepherd. We, the we, have a, awesome. a, 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 we, we caught a John Servation in the wild. That's, That's right. right. So make sure you tune in to hear me armchair parent uh next week um but anyways until then hashtag the shepherd and hashtag be a better day special thanks to john and eddie for supporting the podcast thanks so much guys detox is a production of vocal for more information and more programming please visit vocalnow.com that's v-o-k-a-l now.com